For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text Monica to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me here on this Monday as we kick off a brand new week. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. On social media, on Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore and on Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley. Also by email, I am at Monica Crowley Podcast. All one word, Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. So send me a note and let me know what's on your mind. All right, we have a jam-packed week coming up here on the show. A little later in the week, we're going to talk to Katherine Engelbrecht of True the Vote. She was like a regular mom, regular citizen, living her life. Um, until many years ago, she decided that our elections needed more attention in terms of integrity, theft, rigging, etc. And so she gave up her whole life and started True the Vote, which is really one of the first, if not the first, modern election integrity organizations in the country. She, over the years, has done extraordinary work in keeping the powerful accountable um, in trying to keep our elections as clean as possible in terms of voter rolls, uh, observation, uh, lawsuits after elections, uh, and really unearthing a lot of fraud. She worked with our guest today, Dinesh D'Souza, on the great documentary called 2000 Mules, which was about a portion of the rigging and the stealing of the last election, in not 2022, but 2020, um, she worked hand in glove with Dinesh, who's going to come up 
later in the show today to talk about something else, which is the communists' long march through our institutions. So you're not going to want to miss that. That is going to be just a blockbuster conversation with Dinesh because he is one of our one of our great public intellectuals on the conservative side, and he's given a lot of thought to this question, as I have. And so this is going to be a very, very important conversation coming up today. But later in the week, we'll talk to his partner on 2000 Mules, Catherine Engelbrecht, about election integrity and where we have been which has not been in a good place, and also where we're going heading into 2024 and all of the work that needs to be done. We need all hands on deck um, in that regard. So stay tuned for that. All of that's coming up. Plus, coming up here down the track on this show, uh, we're going to have Chairman James Comer of House Oversight, who's been doing extraordinary work in holding the Biden crime family accountable. So he's going to be here to tell us what his investigations have already found and how they are moving forward. We don't just want investigations. As important as they are, we need to expose all of the rot and show the American people what the Biden crime family has been doing. Um, But we need real accountability here, not just throw out a report have Fox News cover it, because nobody else will, and then let it go. So Comer will be here, and we'll talk to him about all of that as well. So big shows coming up. As I mentioned today, Dinesh, plus I want to deal with Chicago and what went down in that city over the weekend, because it's happening across our country in all of our major cities, and it's completely outrageous and unacceptable, and we'll deal with that here coming up. But first, the Monica Memo. We talk a lot about Marxism on this show, and the reason that we do is because communism in all of its forms never dies, it just gets rebranded. So a lot of us, myself included, when the Cold War ended in what, the late 80s, early 90s, and then throughout, you know, that next period, and then we got hit on 9-11, so our focus was on Islamic fundamentalism, we lowered our guard. We thought communism was done. Francis Fukuyama, who I believe is still at Harvard, anyway, he's a a big, big thinker. And he wrote a famous piece in the early 90s called The End of History. His view was that when an ideology ran its course in the world, for example, the Nazi Party, which was officially called the National Socialist German Workers' Party, Okay, National Socialism, Um, when an ideology like that ran its course, was defeated in a world war, etc., that it then died and was replaced by something more enlightened, more based in democratic principles, human rights, you name it. He viewed history as a forward march that had a lot of very dark chapters to it, but that those dark chapters were necessary in order to advance humanity forward to a more enlightened, and dare I say, progressive uh, point of view, uh, ideologies, right? But in the case of Marxism, communism, it is circular. Communism has its up periods and its down periods, and when it's down, it rebrands itself, and it regroups and makes itself stronger. It's circular, not linear. This is what I mean about how communism never dies. It just gets rebranded for a more modern period. 
We have been uh, subject to a soft and now I would say hard Marxist revolution since the 1930s. I speak about this a lot, began as a KGB operation to infiltrate our country back then, 30s, 40s during the war, 50s, and so on, infiltrate us and then destroy us from within. We're going to talk to Dinesh D'Souza coming up about this and other issues because it's such a big, it's such a huge topic. But in Marxism, which is what we're going through now, and you know, we've got people who are, throughout the last couple of decades, we've had a lot of communists in the government but they have cloaked themselves and their Marxism by calling themselves Democrats, progressives, liberals. These are all euphemisms for communism. And now we've got people who no longer have to cloak themselves because they're feeling it. They're feeling themselves. They're feeling their ideology. They believe they're on the upswing and they are in control. So now you've got out communists like AOC, Bernie Sanders, um, you know, people will just come right out and say, hey, I'm a communist. I believe in, in Marxism or I believe in socialism, which again is a euphemism for communism. It's just a way station on the way to full communism. So understand you got, you've got economic Marxism, which is what is going on economically in this country with the implosion of the free market system. And you've got cultural Marxism. Okay, so I want to take a second here to focus on that with regard to our children. They are coming for your kids is not just a slogan. This is actually happening and they are ramping it up. They've been doing this again for a long time, but now it's totally in our faces. Understand here that in Marxism, you must worship and serve the state. Okay? That's the context. You must, at the barrel of a gun, because human beings by nature want to be free, they yearn to be free. So in order to have a Marxist system, you have to use force against the people. This is why every communist country, it's all been tanks and guns and weapons against the people who are disarmed. This is why they are leveling constant attacks against the Second Amendment. They want you unable to defend yourself against a tyrannical state. In Marxism, you are disarmed, and through the state's coercion, they force you to worship and serve the state. In order to accomplish that, they must ban God, and because they can't have you worshiping God or some other deity, you got to worship the state. And in order to accomplish this, they must destroy the nuclear family. The state is everything. The state is what you serve. The state is your family. The state is your God. Communism is a secular religion. This is what you see on the left with their constant attacks on Christians, people of faith, the churches, synagogues, etc. Communism is a secular religion and there's no space for any other faith. That's it. So everything you see 
with regard to America's children and the attacks on America's children from drag shows for little kids to the trans agenda to critical race theory in schools to TikTok to normalizing pedophilia, all of this is cultural Marxism meant to rip your kids away from you and to replace you with the state and turn your kids into weaponized foot soldiers for the Marxist movement. That is what is going on here. Okay, I really want you guys to understand what's happening. This isn't this isn't some like one-off on like why all of a sudden are there drag queens in schools? Why all of a sudden is the transgender agenda now right in front of our faces? None of this is a coincidence. The Marxists know exactly what they're doing. They weaponize populations. And their latest population to weaponize is the transgender movement. It didn't just come out of nowhere, although it feels like that, right? No, this is about taking your children. Now, when we come back, I want to break apart what is going on in Washington State and California, the leading edges of this Marxist revolution here in America. I want to break apart what's actually going on here with regard to your children. Well, Monica, it's California, or it's Washington State. I don't live there. I don't have to worry about it. I'm in Florida. Just wait, because I want to tell you what's going on there so that you are prepared, because what the left is trying to do is nationalize laws. So that it doesn't matter if you live in Florida. It doesn't matter if you live in Texas or Tennessee. The laws that are being passed in the far left states are coming for you and your children. Sit tight. We're going to break that apart. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, Eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy, and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier, too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. 
All right. Welcome back. Um, so we're talking about how, you know, we often have used the phrase over the years, they're coming for your kids. The reason is very clear because we are facing an accelerated and more emboldened by the day Marxist revolution. They are close to the tipping point of changing the very nature of this country. And so they're stepping on the gas And one of the critical things that communists always do is take children. They take your children away from you. They indoctrinate them through the educational system. And they take control over their minds and their bodies. You know, in the old Soviet Union, it used to be that the communist officials in every town across the Soviet empire um, would go into these schools and watch kids for high intellectual ability, and also high athletic ability. And if you were a truly outstanding child from the time you were, I don't know, three, four, five, six, seven, whatever it was, you would be removed from your family and directed to the control of the state. You would literally be taken to Moscow or maybe St. Petersburg somewhere and trained. So if you were brilliant, you were removed from your family And you were brought into like a special academic track in Washington to be a nuclear scientist and help the Soviet empire develop nuclear weapons to destroy the West. Or if you were an extraordinary athlete, you were removed from your family and sent to an athletic training camp, basically brutalized so that you could go on to the Olympics and win every gold medal in sight for the communist empire. Well, they also, if you were a run-of-the-mill kid and didn't have an extraordinary talent, well, that was okay too because you were being indoctrinated every day by your schools and then you were a foot soldier for the communist revolution. So here now it's happening in the United States. They are literally now coming for your children. They're not even making a pretense about it. And like I said, you need to be aware of what's happening in the blue states because even if you're in a red state, it's still coming. It's coming for you and your children. This is like an unstoppable force in many ways. Remember last March when Pentagon doctors, Department of Defense that you pay for, those doctors claimed that seven-year-olds could make decisions to be injected with hormones and puberty suppressants. If you missed that story, they did. Again, this is the Department of Defense, a government entity that's supposed to be focused on defeating the CCP and our other global enemies. But no, they're focused on telling everybody that seven-year-olds had a sound enough mind, a mature enough mind to make decisions to change their gender. Well, this past weekend, Washington State passed Senate Bill 5599 that would strip parents' rights to intervene on their kids' medical care in certain circumstances. The bill will allow host homes for runaway youth, okay, houses that are already set up uh, to house runaway kids and teenagers. They're going to transform those homes to, quote, house youth without parental permission Furthermore, the host homes do not need to notify parents about where their kids are or if they are getting medical interventions, if there is a compelling reason not to, which includes a youth seeking protected 
health services. Oh, what do those include? Those include gender-affirming care, which typically include puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and yes, surgeries, chemical and physical mutilations. Those who opposed this bill argued that obviously it's a parent's job to protect their child. And not only does this bill strip parents of that ability, but it also legalizes the kidnapping of children, allowing the harboring of minors and divides them from their families. This is Washington State, but California is currently considering very similar legislation, which is also state-sanctioned kidnapping. Washington State Senate Republican leader John Braun blasted the bill for attacking parents' rights, saying the only thing that the bill would do was cause harm by driving a wedge between vulnerable kids and their parents at a time when a teen lacks perception and judgment to make critical, life-altering decisions. He pointed out that a parent may not even know why their child ran away and could involve law enforcement or other groups in a desperate search, which, of course, would cost taxpayer money, all the while going through an unnecessary emotional nightmare, imagining the absolute worst about what may have happened to their child. So suddenly their child has gone, is disappeared, and if that child doesn't reach out to their parents and say, hey, I'm thinking about changing my gender, I'm over here, then the parent has no idea what has happened to their own child, and the state is in on it. Pamela Garfield Jager, a counselor who testified against the bill, said we are living, quote, in a dystopian nightmare if a parent doesn't use the child's chosen pronoun or name and the parent is the one labeled dangerous. The whole point is to remove the child from the nuclear family. The whole point is to turn the child against the parents. This is the point so that they can weaponize that child as a foot soldier for their revolution. You think I'm overstating it? I am not. There's a reason why this is going down in places like Washington State and California. What happens there then spreads across the country. And if you think you're safe in a red state, think again. The whole point is to target our children in order to separate them from their parents and then weaponize them, turn them into little cruise missiles for Marxism. Also to destroy them, break their spirit. Again, under communism, you are to worship and serve the state. So if these children are separated from their parents who are, if you're involved parents, you're certainly giving them a faith-based guidance, whether it's church or synagogue or whatever, some sort of faith-based values. You're also giving them structure. You're giving them a home life. I'm talking about healthy home lives here, okay? But you're giving them guidance, guardrails, all of it. And if the state has the power now to rip a child from the bosom of their family and put them in a host home surrounded by lunatics and communists, then, of course, how do you think the child is going to turn out? Duh. This is the whole point. Confuse the children. Get them to disavow their, their parents. Remove them from the home. 
and then step in as the surrogate family. This is so evil. I I mean, it's hard to put words to exactly how evil all of this is. Evil, wicked, and we got to start using those terms to describe this. This is a spiritual battle on top of being a political one. Here's another story related. The former director of strategic communications at the Southern New England branch of Planned Parenthood committed suicide a couple of days ago. This was five days after a botched police raid of his apartment building in connection with a child pornography investigation. Investigators broke down the door of Tim Yego's neighbor in New Haven, Connecticut, and handcuffed her before realizing they had raided the wrong apartment. The person who died was definitely the suspect in a child pornography investigation and the person who committed suicide. This according to the New Haven uh, police chief. Okay, I mean, when you, take a step back, guys. All of this is of a piece. We have evil infiltrating everywhere with a direct line to our children, the most innocent of our citizens, right? The most innocent ones against us. This is a spiritual battle targeting children. So this is what you need to understand. It's two layers, but it's all working in conjunction. You've got the spiritual battle of this, these very dark forces targeting our children, trying to knock over their souls, And then you've got this other layer, which is dark spiritually as well, and a weapon of these dark forces, which is Marxism. There is nothing to me more evil than the targeting of an innocent child, whether it's sexualization, ruining their minds, removing them from their parents, poisoning them with regard to their families, kidnapping them by the state. This is all straight up pure evil. We've got to be on guard for this, and we've got to be aware of what is happening here and how it's operating on so many big, big levels, okay? Now, when we come back, we're going to talk to Dinesh D'Souza about all of this, and we're going to talk about what can be done. Because again, this is all deeply entrenched, and we've got to figure out legal ways to fight against this. We can't just be focused on the next election, as important as all of that is, of course, But there's something bigger going on here, and we really need to get organized. The way the left is always organized, community organizations, Saul Alinsky, Barack Obama, this is what they do best, and we just are not. And we've got to figure out ways to get there so we can counter this. All right, before we hit this quick break and talk to the great Dinesh, we've got to be healthy for this fight right? I mean, we really all have to be on top of our game. And I know it's really hard to eat healthy when you're so busy. Traveling, taking care of the kids, just the daily hustle, it can be really hard to get the daily recommended fruits and vegetables in your diet. I know that more than anybody, okay? And this is why I take Field of Greens. It's whole organic fruits and vegetables, not a watered down supplement, and it's backed by a better health promise. Each ingredient in Field of Greens was scientifically chosen to support vital organs like heart, lungs, and kidney health. Others support my immune system, blood pressure, metabolism, and healthy weight loss. Let me get you started today with 15% off. 
Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. Like me, you'll probably look and feel healthier fast and have way more energy. But your best proof will be at your next checkup when your doctor says, hey, whatever you're doing, it's working. Keep it up. Don't you want that report from your doctor? I know I do. Get 15% off. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. Again, that's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com. We're coming right back. Well, I'm absolutely delighted to welcome my good friend, Dinesh D'Souza. Dinesh, of course, is one of our most invaluable thought leaders on the conservative side. He's also a best-selling author, scholar, and public intellectual, and an award-winning filmmaker. Dinesh produced the incredible documentary that blew the lid off of so much of the fraud and corruption in the 2020 election called 2,000 Mules. We had him here, I think, last year on. Dinesh was about a year ago when the film made its debut. Um, if you guys have not already seen 2000 Mules, you can still stream it. The website is 2000, the number 2000 mules.com. Go there for all of the details and to see the film. We need, we still need to do a lot of work on election integrity. Uh, we didn't have our act together in 2022. That was appalling and inexcusable. Uh, but we certainly need to get our acts together in time for next year's election. And 2000 Mules goes very far in exposing what the left uh, did in 2020 and certainly what they've got going and what they're cooking up for 2024. Dinesh, welcome back. Hey, Monica, it's always a pleasure and uh, looking forward to this. Well, me too. And by the way, Dinesh has a fantastic show called the Dinesh D'Souza Podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, he does it on camera. And I was so thrilled and honored to be a guest recently on your show, Dinesh. Well, it's it's a new format for me. You know, for most of my career, I've been an author and speaker. And then, of course, about a decade ago, I started the filmmaking with my first film on Obama but the podcasting is something relatively recent. I'm really enjoying it. And it gives me a kind of a daily platform to be able to um, assess uh, things that are going on in the world. And I try to make the podcast unique in the sense that I cover, I go beyond, I cover politics, but I also cover some history and some philosophy and some religion. Uh, so from Christian apologetics to what's debates in, in academia to uh, what's going on in the world, uh, I, I try to cover the gamut. And you do a beautiful job. It's a really important show, guys. So where can everybody find it? Up on Rumble? Yeah, in in video, it's on Rumble. Um, on audio, it's on Apple and Google, Spotify, the usual places. So it's easy to find. And um, and it's fun. I do it every day and I post it in the afternoon. Yeah, it's a really important show, guys. So please go check out Dinesh's show. Um, all right, Dinesh, uh, there are so many things to cover with you. And of course, we'll we'll have you back to break down other things. But today... I really wanted to talk with you about this decades-long comprehensive attack by the left. Really, it began as a Marxist um, operation from the KGB back in the 1930s. So really, the United States has been under assault by this Marxist revolution for nearly a century now. This has been, you know, we have not been paying close attention to this over the years. But I think now more and more people's eyes are beginning to wake up perhaps only because the 
the of the egregiousness and openness of the attack on all of our institutions and our foundational principles. Um, but we this has been underway for almost a hundred years now. Um, the long march through our institutions by the communist left, and now we are unfortunately facing the consequences of this, where every institution has been corrupted. And the, ins- the assault on our individual liberties, on our economic freedom, is just in every possible direction. So first question to you, how did we get here? How did we allow this to happen for so long? Well, let's start with the, the kind of intellectual roots of this uh, cultural Marxism. It's different than uh, classical Marxism. Marx kind of envisioned this revolt of the proletariat. Uh, a lot of cultural Marxism came out of the uh, disappointment that the Marxist prophecy of uh, proletarian or working class revolutions around the world didn't happen. And um, the early Marxists in the 20th century, is about 100 years ago, had to think about why it didn't happen. Why didn't the workers revolt? And an Italian communist named Gramsci came up with an answer, which I think has been really influential ever since. He said, look, the reason that the working class is not revolting, even though it is oppressed, is because it is brainwashed. Uh, it is brainwashed by the by patriotism. It's brainwashed by Christianity. So it's been brainwashed by the families and by the churches and by these civic institutions. And so the working class guy doesn't want to revolt. He identifies with the capitalists because his mind has been shaped from a really young age by the cultural institutions of the West. And so in Gramsci's view, the family, the churches, civic groups, the Boy Scouts are all support structure for capitalism and are all ways of keeping the working class in line. So Gramsci's solution was, listen, we've got to destroy those institutions or more appropriately, take them over and Mm -hmm. bend them to our purpose. We need our own kind of brainwashing uh, to counter their brainwashing and to overcome it. And so you see right here, if you think about the leftist project, it has been to undermine and redefine the family, to undermine and redefine the church, to undermine and redefine um, uh, traditional civic institutions, uh, to make patriotism into a, something bad. And that's why the left doesn't like the word patriotism. They always call it nationalism. And they imply there's something vaguely fascist about it. And finally, the ultimate victory to sort of penetrate culturally the corporations themselves uh, with sort of woke ideologues who are going to transform these corporations. So the corporations themselves are not focused on what they should be focused on, which is selling products, making money, doing well for their shareholders, but rather turn the corporations themselves into sort of instruments of civic transformation. And so uh, what you've been describing that the left has been doing all goes back to almost 100 years ago to this vision outlined by Gramsci and then taken up uh, by cultural Marxists in the 1960s and then penetrated the schools and universities. So it's been this long march through the institutions ever since. 
You know, the the KGB um, in the 1930s, they obviously took all of this in. They saw the United States as their primary ideological, but also military, diplomatic, cultural enemy that needed to be destroyed. And the Soviets very early on understood that they could not destroy the United States from without. In other words, we had mutually assured destruction once we had nuclear weapons and so on. But they realized that the more clever way of destroying the United States was exactly what you laid out, which was a full infiltration of our country, grabbing control over all of the major pillars of American society and life, including... Um, you know, the economy, um, the culture, Hollywood, television, movies, music, the news media, academia, which then seeped down all the way down to kindergarten. You know, little babies are now being indoctrinated. So they understood, get in this country and undermine and ultimately defeat us from within. They also were playing the long game, Dinesh, right? I mean, they didn't expect a durable country and a durable document like the Constitution to be destroyed overnight. So they had their eyes on the prize. And I focus on the Soviets because they had the the institutional wherewithal to get in this country and infiltrate America. But there were so many other forces that were working hand in glove with them. And as time went on, Soviet Union collapses, the CCP steps in, takes over the project as well, but also the Islamic fundamentalists. All of America's enemies then got on board and began chipping away at our institutions to the point where we are right now. So this is a long game. And what everybody needs to understand is that we have turned over the country to the inmates and the inmates are now running the asylum. Yes, I mean, I agree with all that. Um, I would modify it in in some small ways. Uh, The Soviet Union, the problem that the Soviet Union had was that while they had the sort of right strategy for America, they didn't have the right strategy for themselves. In other words, they didn't have a mechanism to sustain a vibrant economy on their own. And so what happened is that even though they had this sort of idea of ideological subversion, Uh, And they won some converts. I mean, they had a lot of converts in America in the 1930s and the aftermath of the um, Great Depression. There were, of course, communists in the 50s and McCarthy was trying to out and uh, expose. Uh, But ultimately, the Soviets lost steam themselves. And many of us, me included, um, sort of relaxed at that point because we thought that the Soviet threat had evaporated. Marxism in that formal sense had collapsed. Um, what the Chinese did was they figured out a way to create a state-directed capitalist economy that would be strong and vibrant. Um, They combined that with a strong education system. I mean, right now, if you look at, let's say, the top schools of computer science in the world, a few of them are in the United States and a few of them are in China. So in that sense, the Chinese are a more formidable adversary And the Chinese are also much sneakier and more effective in being able to build other allies around the world. And they do it not on an ideological basis, but on a kind of a transactional basis. We'll build your roads. We'll come build you a new amphitheater so your parliament can meet here, you know, in Nigeria or here in uh, Myanmar or in Sri Lanka. I do think that the real bad guys, though, uh, in America are all homegrown Americans 
who have bought into this. Yes. So in other words, I don't think the puppet strings are being pulled now from abroad. Uh, of course, they're playing into the hands of our enemies, um, but they are also, America is being subverted from from within. And, uh, and this is an ideological movement that took root in the 60s and is now, you know, when I first wrote about it in the early 1990s, my first book, A Liberal Education, I described the universities as kind of a, almost like a lunatic asylums in, amidst a sea of freedom. And it, uh, we thought of the universities as, as kind of anomalous places where all this crazy stuff happened. Uh, you know, they had speech codes and they tried to crack down on dissenting views and the administration could get sort of tyrannical. But um, it never occurred to me that that this would, over 30 years or so, then move into all the major institute not just the liberal institutions of america like hollywood and the media which have leaned left although not as much as they are now but also institutions that we previously thought of as conservative i mean we thought of the fbi as conservative we thought of, of corporate america as conservative uh, we thought of the military as conservative so the left's ability to infiltrate those institutions i think represents its greatest triumph Yes, and I agree with everything you laid out, and I appreciate the extra dimension that you've layered on this, Dinesh, because when I say, you know, that this began as an operation, you know, coming out of Russia and the KGB all those years ago, all they needed to do was enlist useful idiots here at home, um, and now we've got millions and millions of useful idiots that are the standing army for this Marxist revolution, so you don't really need uh, the CCP or the former Soviet Union doing anything from the outside. They've created this enormous standing army here in America over many generations. And, you know, when it, we're talking about the present day, the CCP's infiltration with elite capture of so many of our elite institutions and leaders from Joe Biden to the NBA and everybody in between based on their huge market. You know, they appeal to to sort of our capitalist instincts and greed. You know, greed is good. It drives creativity and, and prosperity. But they appealed to that and then engaged in this elite capture. So the CCP's infiltration was a lot more sophisticated and unfortunately, Dinesh, we are so far down the track here. All right, we've got to hit this quick break, but we've got so much more coming up with Dinesh. But first, guys, you know, I mean, we're talking about all of this chaos in the economy and the culture. You guys have heard me talk a lot about Birch Gold for a while. Now is the time to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. As the Fed raises interest rates to combat out-of-control government spending, Long-term bonds have diminished in value, crippling banks. Depositors are holding their breath and investors are bailing on bank stocks. Diversification has never been more important, right? The recent surge in gold prices is directly tied to the extreme market volatility right now. This is why gold has always historically been a great hedge against the stock market and against inflation. So now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold makes it so easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text MONICA to 989 989- 
888-898 to get a free info kit on gold. They'll help you convert your existing IRA or 401k that's tied to a volatile market into an IRA in physical precious metals, gold and silver. And the best part, it's tax sheltered. Text Monica to 989-898 to claim your free info kit on gold today. With an A-plus rating with a Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, Birch Gold is who you can trust to protect your future. Text Monica to 989-898 today. We're coming right back with Dinesh. All right, we're back with Dinesh D'Souza. How do we begin to think about turning this around? I mean, we had President Trump putting America first. That was a great four years. But he's only one man in four years, and we're facing almost a century of this kind of destruction. How do we turn it around? Well, there are two views on this, and um, and I'll lay them out before um, telling you what I think. Uh, the first view is that um, let's call it the sort of conservatives need to rally to the defense of the Constitution and uh, our first principles and rule of law. And we need to kind of stand up uh, for uh, traditional values and traditional America. And we also need to um, invest heavily in uh, building institutions that reflect and uh, and transmit those principles. So let's call this the principled approach. Uh, then the second approach uh, is a little bit more grim, and it's a little bit more of a recognition that the left is not playing by these rules, and for us to play by these rules is ultimately not to really get us there. It's kind of like saying that if, when the Civil War breaks out, if you start talking about writing a strongly worded op-ed, you're sort of missing the point. There's a street <laughs> right. fight going on and you have to engage. So the, the, what the left is doing is they're, they're moving actively to destroy us. And I, I'm saying that really without any sense of exaggeration. I'm just giving a clinical description. In my own case, which goes back now to 2013, I got a clear sense that with the regard to the Obama um, Justice Department, if they could have put me in prison for 20 years for a minor infraction of the civil of the campaign finance laws, no corruption, no quid pro quo, first time offense. But if they could have done that, they would do it. And now you see the same mentality at work with these January 6 defendants. You know, you have a peaceful guy, but he, quote, paraded in a public building. Whoop-dee-doo. He, quote, obstructed an official proceeding. How do you obstruct anything? Did he did he go grab the documents that the, that the Senate and the House was dealing with? No, he didn't even, he wasn't even, he didn't even interfere with the proceedings at all. But is looking at his, first of all, in solitary confinement for two years awaiting trial, and then is looking at years and years in prison. I mean, this is a, the level of brutality that is more characteristic of police states. And so the second approach that I'm outlining is one that basically recognizes that we can't fight in the old way, because fighting in the old way kind of got us here. Mm -hmm. So those are sort of plan A and plan B. And my own view is, is, is kind of a modified combination of the two 
too, because I'm not recommending that we adopt the lawlessness of the left, but I am recommending we fight with some of the same determination as the left does. Yes, and I have said the same thing too. You have to mirror the left. And I put that caveat that you just appended to your last statement there, which is you don't adopt the lawlessness, the law-breaking, the violence, and everything else, the other tactics of the left. But we have to mirror them and, and get serious about taking both our politics and our culture back Um, you know, in very serious ways, fighting fire with fire. Um, You know, Andrew Breitbart, the late great, um, used to say that politics is downstream from culture. So while so many of us, including you and me, um, and I know you deal with cultural issues as I do too, but so many of us are focused on the next election. And all of that is critically important, but we can't look to one person, whether it's Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or anybody else, as a savior kind of figure. Again, they're only one person. We also have to be focused on changing the culture. And that is another huge heavy lift. What are your thoughts about confronting the culture, Dinesh? Right. I I mean, I think that uh, this is something where the donor class on the conservative side uh, is relatively clueless. Um, There are some exceptions to that, but in general, Our side is used to funding elections, giving money to candidates. But if you were to go say to people, hey, uh, there's a bunch of independent film producers who are making short films, uh, or let's just say a little army of videographers where in an age where the media is not doing this, you know, we've got these guys on their own that have to go to Antifa rallies. They're taking a personal risk in doing this. They get... But ultimately, they're covering the news that the media won't cover. Um, And we need to have some mechanism to support these guys. Um, It is amazing how, as far as I know, there is none. All these guys are like struggling. They're trying to get by. They have to take the train, you know, halfway across the country because they can't afford to, to fly. And I'm thinking, if you guys were on the left... Some billionaire would have taken you under his wing. All of you, there would be a well-organized operation that's probably run by some top lawyer in which everybody's staying in nice hotels. I mean, look at the way that these Antifa and BLM guys travel. They're bust from place to place. All the logistics are organized, complete with the bricks being supplied to throw into windows. And um, we have nothing like this on our side. We have no activist wing comparable to what the left has. Part of it is that our psychological predisposition is different. Uh, But nevertheless, within what we're capable of doing, uh, we need to do so much in the cultural space and, and, and so much on the supply side. And what I mean by that is creating institutions Uh, Not so much just one of these things about, I'm an ordinary citizen, how can I be more vigilant? Well, the way you're more vigilant is you, you think of creative ideas about things that need to be done that aren't being done now. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I would love to bring you back another time to really kind of deconstruct that. Uh, Before we let you go, Dinesh, um, because you did 2000 Mules, you've been really on top of election integrity and the work that needs to be done uh, to really safeguard our elections, especially going into next year. What are your thoughts on how prepared we are for what the left may have in mind? I mean, in 2020, not only did you have the unprecedented 
release of a virus, shutdown of the global economy, and Antifa and Black Lives Matter burning down the country in order to stop Donald Trump. Um, you had all of this, you know, shenanigans with the mail-in ballots and uh, mass mail-in uh, voting and a month-long election and so on. I fear that we don't have the imagination on our side to anticipate what the left has ready to go for next year. What are your thoughts on that? The left is um, is very pragmatic. And so it's not as if they operate by a single recipe book. In 2020, they saw the opportunity to deploy the mules because they were like, wow, look, all we have to do is kind of control the voting operations in these swing districts, not even whole states, but just sort of five areas within the five key states. And and we can pull this one off. We can drag Joe Biden across the finish line. In 2022, they're like, well, you know, these foolish Republicans are telling everybody to vote only on Election Day, don't vote early, show up on Election Day. So, gee, what if we just take the biggest county in Arizona, Maricopa County? We basically have a kind of a mysterious breakdown of the machines across Maricopa County. That's when the Republicans are showing up to vote. It just needs to last for about the six crucial hours between like nine in the morning and the mid-afternoon. We'll chase away enough voters who will get discouraged and go somewhere else or go off to work, that that'll be enough in a close election. So this is how the left is. So the way to fight the left is not so much to say, I'm going to look for the secret recipe book because they, they're opportunistic in the way that they function. It is really to start thinking like them. It's sort of the way, how does the FBI break up the mafia? They start thinking like the mafia. And so now they know, well, listen, here's the opportunity. This is what the mafia is likely to do. And this is where we need to be on the scene to bust them. Well, I mean, thank goodness for you. And I'm going to have Catherine Engelbrecht, who was your partner on 2000 Mules uh, with Truth Vote. I'm going to have her on this show next week to talk about this because we need more people and more big brains like yours, Dinesh, to think of the new and creative ways that the left will come up with to try to subvert our elections and install their chosen candidates. So I want to thank you so much for all of the work that you're doing, Dinesh, and for being here today. You're incredible. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Monica. We'll talk later. Okay, you got it. The great Dinesh D'Souza, please go check out his new podcast. It's on camera on Rumble. Uh, You can find it there and also wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get this podcast, you can find Dinesh's. It's a really important show, so go check it out. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Monday. Glad to have you on board. And thanks also for checking out our sponsors. Really grateful for that. All right. On Wednesday, we're going to talk to Catherine Engelbrecht about election integrity, where we are, where we're going into the 2024 election. Very important conversation, a must hear on Wednesday. Also coming up down the track on the show, we're going to have Chairman James Comer of House Oversight, doing amazing work exposing the depth of corruption among the Bidens and the rest of the government. So that's going to be a huge, huge conversation. Have a great start to your week, and I will see you right back here on Wednesday. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger, for the ones who get it done.